The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Bully Ray and I talk about Monday Night Raw, that main event between The Miz and AJ Styles, and what happened immediately after that main event, we'll break it down here on the Busted Open Podcast. Also, we'll talk about that United States Championship, how you feel about it now, and the match between your champion, Bobby Lashley, and Tommaso Ciampa. Also, we get into the Judgment Day, all that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. First and foremost, what they've been able to do the last couple weeks with that United States championship. They've built it up where that championship probably more than any other time in recent memory actually means something. And all it took bully was a two minute video to get everybody invested in that United States championship. I like what they did a couple of weeks ago to reestablish and reacquaint the WWE universe with the United States championship and the importance of it. We always talk about, you know, championships on the show. I'm not a fan of all of these multiple championships because nothing means anything anymore. And we always talk about the Intercontinental Championship and how when we were growing up watching wrestling, the Intercontinental Championship meant something, especially when it was around the waist of a a Don Morocco or a Pedro Morales. You understood it. You knew that this was the, 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 you know, like the... When you held the Intercontinental Championship, you were only one step behind the World Heavyweight Champion, and you could be the next in line to carry the, you know, the big strap. Nowadays, I don't know what all these championships mean. There's there's entirely too many championships for me in the entire world of pro wrestling. But the WWE did a good job of reminding us what the U.S. Championship represented, the lineage of the U.S. Championship, all of the great champions that had held the 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 belt in the past. It's not a belt, damn it! It's a championship. The belt keeps your pants up. Okay, Vince. Um, sorry. Uh, hey, boss. I we're all fired. So shut up and go get another job. Um, yeah, I got to come up with a good skit for Vince and his and his lackey. Well, now you can't do that anymore now. Like, it's now Vince is gone. So now you got to do it. Do you do a Triple H impersonation? 
Uh, it's not very good. Uh, but I got to come. I got to. I got to. You know, Vince and and, and the lackey are kind of like uh, Mortimer and, uh, and who's the other guy right now in uh, Coming to America. Oh, I, I, but you know what? They, Randolph still- and Mortimer. Randolph. Randolph. <laughs> sell, sell. But um, back to U.S. Championship. Um, so last night, there's Champa talking about the cha- the U.S. Championship, talking about the the legacy, the 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 story, the heritage, everything behind the U.S. Championship. He's talking about Harley, how Harley Race broke him in, and if Harley Race broke you in and Harley Race trained you, that's a pretty big deal. Shows the robe. Where's the robe? Said he's going to win this one for Harley, or I'm paraphrasing here. Like, during the whole thing, every time I saw Ciampa last night talking about Harley, I'm like, wow, I'm pulling for Ciampa. I want to see Ciampa win. And then Ciampa taps. I was very confused last night about the whole Ciampa thing. Should I have liked him? Should I have loved him? Should I have hated him? Why would I hate him? I didn't have any reason to hate him last night. It was very, first of all, I love the video package again. Fantastic. Like you said, gets you invested in the United States Championship. I love Bully that the WWE once again is doing historic segments like the one that we saw last night. You know, we wouldn't have seen a segment like that just a few weeks ago. I love the fact that they're putting a spotlight on that championship, talking about Ricky Steamboat and Dusty Rhodes and Harley Race. As Champa mentioned, we, you know, it was just about three years ago, or it's over three years ago now, that we lost Harley Race. It was in August of 2019 that we lost Harley Race. And I agree with you. I I got to be honest with you. I'm very surprised that we're not talking about Champa as your new United States champion this morning. Everything that they did last night led to... For me to believe that he was going to be the new champion. The interview in the back. How much Harley Race meant to him. Talking about Harley Race. As you said, walking to the ring in the Harley Race robe. Um, they left it open. There was outside interference from the news where Lashley was distracted. That left it open for Champa to capture that championship where it wouldn't have made Lashley look weak. But what we got was just another title defense for Bobby Lashley. I don't know what this means for Champa moving forward because every opportunity was given to him and he's not your champion. And I agree. Going into that match, I was rooting for Tabasa Champa to win that title last night. If he would have won last night, would you have looked at that as a force feed? No, I wouldn't I wouldn't have felt that as a force feed. I felt like, wow. This is a championship that means something. And this is a champion that now holds that title where that title means something to him. I actually would have thought that it would have been the perfect relationship between wrestler and title. I wonder how our fans, Busted Open Nation, feels this morning about Ciampa and how they felt about him last night. Because like I said, after everything I saw, I fully expected him to win. Now, if they were going for the swerve and they were setting up, setting it up, saying, well, we did this so you would expect him to win. But then we had him lose. It's just like, why? I don't get it. Like, do you do you want me to like? I mean, I know he's with the Miz and I guess I'm supposed to not like him. But everything I saw and heard from him last night made me love him. 
And then I, I was also very confused with the AJ Styles running. So Miz puts Ciampa's leg on the ropes yeah. during one of Lashley's attempted covers, right, Dave? Yes. And then AJ Styles jumps the ra- did he jump the rail and come out of the crowd? I, I don't remember if he jumped the rail, but I do remember that 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 forearm coming towards the Miz. I, I didn't, unless I missed something, I don't think he came down the ramp. I think he jumped over the guardrail. And I'm like, that, why was AJ jumping over the guardrail? Where was he coming from? Why was he coming? Like, they never showed him running down the ramp. So if he did run down the ramp and maybe turn the corner, um, that's fine, I guess, because now the baby face is coming down to right the wrong, and they were setting up for the main event last night. But if he, if he jumped over the guardrail... Why? What was he doing in the crowd? Why was he in the crowd? That to me didn't make sense. Yeah, and and and, and again, like I'm I'm interested to hear from the nation about like what you said. Are they now invested in this United States Championship after what we saw the last few weeks? And would you have liked to seen Champa win that title? Because because honestly, bully, I I guess Champa just goes back to being the Miz's lackey. Like to me, that was an opportunity. To really make something out of Champa. Again, Lashley wouldn't have lost anything other than that title because you had it custom made for Champa to take advantage of a situation because of outside interference. It wouldn't have made Lashley look weak by any stretch of the imagination. I really think you could have made something out of Champa last. I think that was a missed opportunity by the WWE last night. I don't I don't know if it was a missed opportunity because let's see, Champa lost and Miz lost. If we see Ciampa and Miz start to go at it um, next week about, well, you lost, no, you lost, and you cost me to lose, now you cost me to lose. The Miz is the right opponent for Ciampa if you want to get Ciampa over as this scrappy, fighting, tough babyface. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know what you're going to do with him right now. But the Miz is the perfect heel for him, as the Miz is the perfect heel for just about anybody that you want to get over. And bully, I'm I'm going back and watching the segment now, and you're you're right. AJ did jump the barricade. Like they they had the camera on the Miz, and kind of what was a theme last night in the background. They didn't have the camera on AJ, but in the background, you see him jump the barricade and attack the Miz. So am I to assume that AJ was watching the match from the crowd? I mean, you know, because it wasn't that much longer from when he put the foot on the rope to where AJ jumped the barricade, maybe maybe 30 seconds. So he would almost have to be sitting in the crowd in order to react the way that he did. Yeah, that to me last night was a disconnect. If, if it would have been a normal run-in coming down the ramp, th- then I totally get it because AJ's coming down the right, the wrong. But jumping the rail... That just seemed a little odd to me. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, including with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. What did you think of the match between The Miz and AJ Styles? A no DQ match in the main event last night. It was a good match. It was to me, it was the highlight of the of the night for Monday Night Raw. 
I mean, AJ and Miz is going to be extremely entertaining. So, yeah, I, I like what I saw. That was uh, uh, the edge run in got me. The main event got me. I like the way they set up the main event um, in the Ciampa match. I didn't think AJ jumping the guardrail made sense, but whatever. It's still what you're seeing with Hunter's booking is threads throughout the show. Back in the day, we used to see threads throughout the show. The show would start with something, uh, follow up in the middle, and then pay off in the uh, payoff in the main event. Last night, we got some semblance of that. That type of storytelling, I do appreciate. Um, other than, uh, you know, other than that, the, the, the show could have given me a little more. Did you like the main event? Did you think the main event was the highlight of the night? I mean, well, I mean, first of all, it was a, a very good main event. We are seeing great matches in this new regime. You're never going to go wrong with AJ Styles and The Miz. Um, you know, The Miz... Listen, The Miz is Teflon, right? I mean, really, if you look at The Miz, all he does is lose lately. Does it really matter? It doesn't. Um, AJ Styles, I think, kind of needed a victory, which he got last night. I, I, I thought it was a well-worked match. I love the no-DQ stipulation because it gives you a lot of freedom. Um, it wasn't a hook from earlier in the show, but it was a hook midway through the show because, like we talked about with the United States title match you saw the interference from the Miz and then AJ coming out so there was that hook and I think Miz and AJ are main event players where fans will stick and stay to see a main event between those two wrestlers um sure I mean yeah they, they are they are main event on Raw worthy especially like last night where it's going no idea but I think how the show went off the air was better. They, I, the minute I saw the background happening with with what we know now is with Dexter Loomis, I forgot about the match. And you just talked about the Miz losing, you know, every time. One of the things that I learned from Paul Heyman is you can lose every single time, just as long as you never lose an ounce of your heat. And they always give Miz a live microphone, thus he can get his heat back. So he can get pinned every single night. It's never going to affect how much the people dislike the Miz. And that's one of the beauties about being a great heel. Yeah, and, and I think he is a great heel. And then you mentioned what happened after the match. This is the beauty of what happened. We mentioned it earlier on in the show, Bully, is that it wasn't in your face. Listen, there were probably people that tuned into Monday Night Raw that didn't see the commotion. Either A, it didn't click with them because they were focused and concentrated on AJ Styles in the ring, or two, you know, judging by the time when the match was over, they turned off their TV or switched the channel. This is intriguing to me because now you have to watch every segment. Now they're going to train you where everything matters, Bully. A lot of what we say here on a Tuesday morning when it comes to Monday Night Raw, what's one word that you say all the time? Because. There's no reason for it. It just happened because. I think they're retraining your brain a little bit, Bully, when you're watching Monday Night Raw. There is going to be those connecting of the dots creatively. There is going to be that hook earlier on in the show that pays off at the end of the show where you have to tune in to all three hours. I really think Triple H right now is retraining your brain as a viewer of Monday Night Raw. This is exactly why I said you got to give it about six months. It's going to take time 
to retrain the brain of the wrestling fan as, as to how we watch Raw, how Raw entertains us. He, uh, I don't want to say Raw was a, a runaway train, but Raw was, you know, it moved in a certain direction for the longest time. Hunter's not just going to jump on board one night and bring it to a dead stop. It cannot happen. You have to slowly bring it to a stop and then put it in reverse to get it back on track. And that's what I believe he's going to do. And it's going to happen little by little. We're seeing a lot of NXT black and gold talent get pushed. Am I a fan of them being pushed just because they happen to be NXT black and gold? No. I want to see people out there because they deserve to be out there because they are more entertaining than any other person on the roster. So that's why I asked you about the force feed with Ciampa. Like the minute Hunter took over, we saw Ciampa being pushed. Last night, yes, he did lose. That's why I was like, if he won last night, is it all of a sudden, well, Triple H is in charge, and all of a sudden this guy gets pushed to the moon, and within four weeks, he's the United States champion. So in that aspect, I'm I, I'm not disappointed that he lost because I think there could have been a bit of a backlash if they would have put that strap on him so quick. All right, so, all right, Paulie, uh, fair point. But you look at the Black and Gold brand, uh, a show both you and I loved, right? We we would come on the air all the time and say, the best pure pro wrestling show was the Black and Gold NXT. And obviously that's changed to now NXT 2.0. But you look at the talent that has now infiltrated the main roster. Karrion Cross probably being the biggest name last Friday on SmackDown. Uh, Champa now at least being used and being highlighted, which he wasn't before, on the main roster. Io Shirai, now Io Sky, which by all intents and purposes, we heard that once her contract was up, she was gone. Uh, Dakota Kai, who was released in April from NXT, is now uh, a part of the main roster. So this is a lot of black and gold talent over the last couple weeks that is now being shown on the main roster. We love that. We know these names. But let me ask you, is Triple H kind of, excuse the word because I don't know if it's the right word, but pandering to the hardcore audience in using this talent? Do enough fans even know who these people are? Like, does a regular main roster WWE fan, do they get excited seeing a Karrion Cross on their TV? Or is this going to happen in time? Your take. Uh, the, the, I, I don't think pandering is the right word. And you did preface it with saying, I don't know if this is the right word. I think he's, he's doing the opposite of what Vince did. Vince killed it. I, Vince killed black and gold because it wasn't Vince's vision. Yes. Triple H is breathing life back into it because it was his vision. And he's saying to himself, well, it worked in NXT. We got it over there. Let's bring it to the main roster. Why can't it get over here? It is a different situation, okay? The NXT fan is the hardcore, diehard pro wrestling fan where the, uh, the most of the WWE universe is your average wrestling fan who doesn't know every little thing that's going on. Uh, if, if we took a, a vote in the arena last night as soon as the show was over and said to, to those fans in Cleveland, do you know who Dexter Loomis is? 
probably less than 50% of that audience knew who Dexter Loomis was. I would say the same probably about uh, Dakota Kai or EO Sky. Now, people might call in this morning or go, go on social media and go, oh, you're totally wrong. Everybody knows who they are. No, that's the diehard wrestling fan who knows who they are. So uh, I want to see talent from NXT black and gold be utilized because they are deserving of being utilized. Like last night's tag match with the women, okay? Now, I thought it was a bit underwhelming. You know, do I, do I want to see Dakota Kai and EO Sky be the NXT, uh, be, be the new women's tag team champions? I tell you, I tell you which ladies team I'm more intrigued by than those two, uh, Nikita and Zoe Stark. Yes, I agree. That, that team from NXT intrigues me, especially Zoe Stark, because I think of all the women that are bringing that have been brought up from NXT or will be brought up. The upside and the and the potential for Zoe Stark is through the roof. I agree, but you know, at the same time, like I I think it's a bit of damage control. There's a part of me that says, "Wow, that tag match went way too long." I think the match. And Paul would correct me if I'm wrong. Was over ten minutes last night, but at the same time, you do need to get these characters and these people, you know, back on TV and and get the fans invested in them again. Because right now, like, are you invested in a Dana Brooke? Are you invested in a Tamina? The the answer is no. But their talent on your roster, like, maybe this is putting them in a direction where, hey, we get invested in these characters and these wrestlers again. So let me ask you, after the match last night, were you any more invested in any four of those women? Probably not. Probably not. But at least so it's the, the two that they wanted you to be more invested in were Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Were you more invested in them? I'd have to say no. Why not? Uh, because Tell I me really, why not. Because I really think that was... You've just been introduced to them again, right? They're with Bailey. They start off Monday Night Raw. Bully, I think you need to have them in a dominant win to really show that they're a major force, not only in the tag team division, but on Monday Night Raw in general. I, 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 there's a part of me that wants to say, God, put Dana Brooke on TV, put Tamina on TV, reestablish them, show that they are a major force and that they are talented so that they can use them. I don't think that was the right spot last night because I think more important than Tamina and Dana Brooke is, 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 that, is that tag team. They need to show their dominance. They weren't able to show that last night. Thus, to answer your question, I'm not more invested after watching that match last night. Would you have been more invested if the match would have went down like this? Ding, ding, ding. Bell rings. Dakota Kai and Io Sky double blast Tamina off of the apron. They turn around. They double drop kick Dana Brooke. They shoot her in. They hit her with a double flapjack. Io Sky goes up to the top. Moonsault, one, two, three. Yes. Because that's a holy shit win out of nowhere in a dominating fashion. Now you're like, whoa. Where did that come from? Now I'm, I'm, I'm sitting up and I'm taking notice as opposed to a 10 minute match against two women. And do, listen, Dana and Tamina 
in their 24-7 roles have been very entertaining. They're doing the best job that they possibly they can. But as a legitimate, serious women's team, I'm just not buying into it because the WWE hasn't give me, given me a reason to care about these women. They've given me a reason to laugh and chuckle with these women and find them entertaining, but they haven't given me a reason to care about them as wrestlers. Go ahead. No, I, I agree with you because it's going to take a while before we get back invested in a Tamina and a Dana Brooke because the, the bad taste of that 24-7 championship is in my mouth. And it's not going to happen in a 10-minute loss to Dakota Kai and EO Sky. It's just not going to happen overnight. So you can't get me invested in that team just by putting them in the ring for 10 minutes. It's gonna, like everything else with Monday Night Raw, Bully, you said six months. It's probably going to take about that long for me to get reestablished into a Dana Brooke and a Tamina Snuka. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchick's Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchick's Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, Monday Night Raw, Bully, a show that obviously I've been very critical of in the past. I think what they're doing now that intrigues me more than anything else is connecting those creative dots, Bully. They're doing it now. And they ended the show with a cliffhanger. When's the last time that we saw Monday Night Raw end in a cliffhanger? As I tweeted out last night when that show was over, 15 minutes after that show was over, I'm still on social media reading and talking about it. Can't remember the last time I was on social media 15 minutes after a show, intrigued about what I saw. Going back on my DVR and watching the last five minutes again to see what did I see? What was that? What was that that I just saw? And now, Bully, I'm looking forward to next Monday night to see what the follow-up is going to be. Um, all about the follow-up. Yes. Like the way raw went off the air with the cliffhanger. <clears throat> I've said for years, I hate it when they open the book at the beginning of the show and then close it at the end of the show. I like the book open ended <clears throat> Excuse me, because it forces me to ask the questions of the who, what, when, where, and why. Yeah. And it makes me want to tune in next week. I want to tune in next week because I want to know more about this guy dressed in black that got escorted out by the cops last night. We know it's Dexter Loomis. I'm sure that there are plenty of other wrestling fans that don't know who it is who need to tune in to find out who it is and why he did what he did. Hey, remember back in the day when we were watching Georgia Championship Wrestling and there'd only be two minutes of TV time left? And it would be breaking down and there'd be a huge brawl and you'd be looking at the clock and a huge brawl. Is the finish going to happen? Who's going to run out next? Oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then the announcers would be like, we got to go. We're out of TV time. We'll show you what happened next week. And you could not wait for next week to come just so you could see how the show went off the air. Yeah. That's and, what I love about pro wrestling. And that's, and that's what we're getting right now with the WWE, what we got on SmackDown on Friday with Karrion Cross. Now I got to tune in and see what the follow-up is with Karrion Cross. And now I got to tune in to Monday Night Raw next week to see what the follow-up is with Dexter Loomis. Something that has been an ongoing story. And we'll get to Edge, WWE Hall of Famer, in just one moment, Bully. But let's get into what we saw with the Judgment Day. Again, a story that's playing out. Week in and week out. Finn Balor gets the big victory, a much-needed victory for the Judgment Day last night on Monday Night Raw. But the intriguing story when it comes to Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. We saw it play out a couple weeks ago where Rhea dragged him from that party celebrating Rey Mysterio's uh, 20th anniversary. Uh, And we get a, a missing uh, Dominic last night, Ray said, don't worry about it. He says it to Edge. We will, he will be here. He will show up. He showed up, but it was a lot different than we, we thought. How are you enjoying the way this entire story is unfolding? I'm loving it 
because I really don't know what's going to happen with Dominic. Why? Because Dominic's planting little seeds each and every week. Hey, he doesn't trust Edge. He shouldn't. He shouldn't trust Edge. Dominic's right in this situation. I think Ray is leaning too much on the past in history with his father and with Edge. Dom is right. I wouldn't trust Edge if I was in his position. But Ray is relying on the history, his history with Edge. And for that reason, his trusting Edge. Dominic's like, Do you, how can you forget everything that this man has done to us over the last year? It makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. And again, that's the little fracture in the relationship between father and son. So I'm very intrigued to see what's going to happen. Why, Bully? Because that's real life. That's going to happen between father and son. The reality of that situation is what got me intrigued. It's relatable. Yep. <clears throat> and it's when it's relatable is when people buy in more. And that's why I'm enjoying this story. I'm the only part of the whole Judgment Day, Dominic Ray, Edge story that I wish could have been stronger was the establishment of the Judgment Day. I wish the Judgment Day was a stronger unit. I wish we did not. Remember, this was a trickle-down effect from Cody getting injured. Cody gets injured. They felt the need to take Edge away for a little while to bring him back as a strong baby face for the show. <clears throat> If the Judgment Day would have been built up as this heel faction a little bit more, I think this story would run deeper and be more effective. I love the visual last night of, of Rhea carrying Dominic out on her shoulder. I think Rhea is the most interesting part of this whole yes. uh, story. I would love to see Rhea be the one in Dominic's ear, Rhea being the one that's pulling the strings because we expect it to be a priest or a baller. But no, let the woman be the one in the young man's ear going, you know, I, I beat you up because I knew it was best for you because you belong with us. Maybe being that to maybe being a bit of a temptress or seduces Dominic to the dark side of the judgment day, whatever it is. But because the story is relatable when it comes to tension between a father and a son and the father saying, no, son, I know this man. He's a good man. Dad is telling the son, don't worry. I got this. And son is like, no, you don't have this dad. I see a different perspective, but dad doesn't want to listen. And that's where the tension is. And that's why it's starting to work. Yeah. And, and we saw a little bit of that with Ray Mysterio's daughter a couple of years back in the story that I took, but there was no finish to it. And there was really not a lot you can do because she wasn't an in-ring competitor. That's not the case here with Dom because he is. So there's a lot of freedom that you have. I agree with you, Bully, on the foundation of the Judgment Day. I think it was just bad circumstance with the Judgment Day. Like you mentioned, the Cody injury. So I think they had to do a lot on the fly when it came to Edge that they probably weren't prepared to do. Also, the way that Finn Balor entered the Judgment Day didn't make any sense. They had a match, and then overnight a phone call got him to join the Judgment Day. That just didn't connect with me. But that was also the old regime where they took a lot of advantages creatively. Now we have this new regime. I think we're seeing the building of a story that, again, like you said, 
that fans can relate to when it comes to a father-son relationship. Also, a young man when it comes to a woman, a woman as well. That this is something that's going to be very tempting to a young man like Dominic Mysterio. Not just how attractive that Rhea Ripley is, but how strong Rhea Ripley is. What a strong presence and character that she has. It's appealing. And Dominic can fall into that trap. And I think it's going to happen. And I'm here for it. I think it's going to be a wonderful story moving forward. I think it's the, the I think it's the deepest story they have going on on the raw side right now. And and, and bully, just the fact there is a deep story going out. Um, I think you would agree. A lot of the stories that we would see in the past with Raw was very surface level. I, I they they rarely dived in deep. I think they're going to dive in deep with this storyline right now. Well, you're they're 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 in deep as it is because we have the story of Edge versus the Judgment Day. We have the story of Edge and Ray's relationship. We have the story of Dominic and Ray's relationship. The family. There's a lot of levels to this story, and this is what I talk about uh, on this show all the time. We're in the storytelling business. The better the story is, the easier it is to invest and the more believable it will be in the ring. And we know in the ring that all of the competitors are going to get the job done. Like you said, uh, when the when the story involved uh, Aaliyah, Ray's daughter, there's m- not much that you could have did in the ring. And that was with Buddy Murphy at the time. Yes. This is a completely different story. We're going to get payoffs. Last night, when Dominic bowed up and shoved Edge, like it was interesting to me because I still look at Dominic as – as this puppy, he almost looks like he almost reminds me of like a great Dane, like a one-year-old great Dane that's still finding his legs, you know, along the way. And sometimes he doesn't have his legs underneath him, but sometimes he's a huge great Dane. Like when he shoved him last night, he was manning up, but I still saw a little kid like edge kind of like brushed it off. Like, come on, kid, you gotta be kid, you know, kidding me. You know, you shoved me. I would have punched in the face by now, but it was good to see Dominic, man up in that moment and take a stand for himself. And and, and I and I gotta tell you, Bully, like, you know, if I'm Dominic Mysterio and I'm watching that, I was a little disappointed in Ray's reaction. Like Ray right away was like apologetic to Edge. And I can see Dom being like, are you shitting me right now? Like, are you kidding me? Like the history with this guy? Look at and the way Edge was looking at Dom, like you said, like, come on, kid. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like that condescending prick. That we know Edge could be. He had that look in him. And there's Dom's dad like, hey, uh, Edge, I'm sorry. I apologize for my son. He's like, that's, if I'm Dominic Mysterio, that's the last thing I want my father to do. I definitely think that they could have went deeper with it last night. I, I And exa- exactly what you just laid out. I want to see Ray a bit more torn. That, but that's what that's what's great about it is he's not torn. He's he looking, should be. He should be. But he's looking at Dom like Edge was looking at Dom like, you know, hold your horses, kid. Come on, pal. Like, take it easy. You're a child. This 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 is a man conversation and you're a child. And that's the last way. That's the last way Dominic wants to be looked at right now. I'm not a kid anymore. Eventually, that's what's got to come out. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a man. I can handle myself i can handle my own and maybe when ray says no you don't know any better you don't know any better you don't know any better that's when we get Rhea telling him dominic you're not a boy 
you're a man. Yep. Ooh, and those words coming from a woman's mouth, it's going to ring. You're a man. You belong amongst men. There are men in the judgment day, and you're the type of man that would fit in perfectly. You see her, you see the black widow spinning the web to get, uh, to get Dominic caught up in it. And then you get Finn and punishment Martinez getting in Dom's ear. Like, wow, I've seen your dad do a lot of losing lately. Like you guys are teaming and like, you know, I, I think you could, this is the beginning of a deep story that I'm definitely interested moving forward. Busted open is part of the Sirius XM sports podcast network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Hey guys, Conan O'Brien here to tell you about some of the stranger things we've been doing recently on my podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Recently, we had an episode where I uh, sat down with some of the writers that I worked with on Conan O'Brien Must Go. That's my uh, travel show on Max. And we talked about everything that goes into those shows uh, and a lot of very insane anecdotes from our travels and adventures. There's another episode you might want to check out where I discuss with my physician, Dr. Arroyo, about my experience on Hot Ones. We talk about my near-death experience and his uh, complete inability to help me because he may or may not be a real doctor. That's just some of the stuff that's been going on. Uh, and if you feel up to it, check it out. So catch up on all things I've been up to on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, wherever you get your podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.